Welcome, everyone, to the Advanced Selling Podcast, longest-running sales training podcast in podcast sales training history. Great exclusively wow. for you to help create your own sales success. My name is Brian Neal. Ad-libbing. I'm Bill Kasky. I am on the new thick paper. We talked about this. It's like 70-pound paper. That, I, I really like this. It's very it's stock. Yes, it's wonderful, wonderful. We are, as you know, um, a member of the podcast, One Family Now. If you haven't heard, you've heard now. Thrilled to death to be there. we got some great... Uh, guests, a couple new episode things we're going to do, lots of involvement with our listeners, and we just were really excited to be with the Podcast One family. We hope you are, too. Um, let's see. Um, I was going to do a story. Do you have a story? I, I have a... I don't, yeah. Did I tell you about the Beethoven story? No. <clears throat> I did got, you meet him? I got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time traveled. Doesn't it? Um, I had a chance to go with a friend of mine, a client of mine, who had two tickets to the uh, symphony orchestra, Beethoven's Ninth. Yes. And I'm not much of a symphony guy. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't have occasion to go. Are you? Do you not go to symphony? Okay. I've been one time. is very, very nice. Yeah. And Very nice. nice. And there's a uh, venue up in our city called the Palladium up yes. in Carmel. It's beautiful. It's Gorgeous. modeled after some uh, Belgium... Uh, Palladiums. Palladiums. <laughs> so... Uh, so we went, and we our seats were right above the orchestra. And okay. there's also the choir was way back in the back. And this was Beethoven's Ninth. I didn't know much about Beethoven's Ninth. Right. So, you know, when you go to a concert, if you're invited to a concert, you don't know the, the band. Right. Usually what I will do is go listen to the band. So at least right. that's not the first time I've heard the songs. Yeah, yeah. And, but when you go to Beethoven, I mean, Beethoven's Ninth, <laughs> it's not like, oh, I got that riff. That's a good Spotify, riff right there. Oh, I can't it's wait. It's a great solo. So I went this. to YouTube and uh, I listened, tried listening for like three minutes and... <laughs> And so we got there, oh, and uh, and the band's all warming up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> and so it started. the The problem was the first thirty minutes, the first act or the first whatever. Yeah. What what is it called? Movement. First it's movement. A movement. Okay, that's good. Yeah. The first movement still sounded like they were warming up their <laughs> instruments to me. To me, I'm sure it didn't to the uh, aficionado, but uh, it still sounded. But then they got into the second movement, and it was really good. Yeah, it was, it was really good in the choir, and uh, it, it was just an awesome event. But what was cool is we sat up above, and so we had a chance to watch the uh, conductor. What's his name? Urbanski. Uh, oh yeah, Tristan yeah, yeah, Urbanski. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one, easy on the eyes, even for he's guys. Great looking. Yeah, he's a great looking. Great dude. looking young and, you Polish know, guy, right? Hair, is he from Poland. I think he is Polish. Yeah. yeah. Hair is all stud. quaffed and stud. Stud. But he does not have one sheet of music up there. No kidding. And, and what was fascinating, you know, we talk a lot about managing the process and yeah. controlling the process. But this guy, he'll be he'll be looking at somebody and he'll be doing, you know, I'm, looking for over, those of yeah. you who can't see him, he's kind of waving his You're baton. Conducting. Yeah. And then he'll look up to the choir and he'll just do like a glance, like just like get ready yeah, here, here it comes. comes. And and boom, and they Bam. start in. And I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Wow. I mean, he was just so, he was just elaborate. He was just so subtle with everything, and he was into it, and he was closing his eyes, and then he, it was really awesome. And he's was, hot. And, right? Well, I wasn't I mean, going to say on, that that's again. All right, but, you can. <clears throat> we're all grown I said men. easy on the fine. eyes. That's easy, all easy. I, I love that phrase, too. Yeah. Did, now, did they sell, like at concerts, did they, <laughs> did they sell concert tees in the back? You have Beethoven World Tour. Beethoven World Tour, you know, it says Wichita, Kansas, July 8th, you know, Kansas City, Missouri. The yeah, reefer, the reefer, the little madness. reefer, yeah. little reefer uh, those little uh, the feather things you have on your <laughs> one hitters joint holder, whatever that thing is. Oh my god, that's funny. Uh, alligator clips, Beethoven yeah. world tour. <laughs> but that it, it was good, and, and you know, you 
we're, I know we're going to be talking about abundance today, and that, yeah. that is one of the things that I think is important that we get out and experience things. And I'm I'm the worst offender at that is yeah. experience things that you don't normally experience, and it's amazing what kind of connections you can make. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm too. I'm a huge music lover and buff and everything else. And, and classical, I just struggle a little bit to really really enjoy yeah. it. And I've got immense amount of respect for it. I took a appreciation of classical music class in college. Which is where I think I learned the term. Did you get movement, an A? Which someone will probably fact check. It's an me. aria, but that's it's, okay. Isn't exactly it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, it just yeah, I'm with you. Kind of like okay, and 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 the amount of pressure those musicians put on themselves going through school and coming up. Oh to the ranks, my it's just, gosh, yeah, it's just incredible. And then I, I always wonder whether if if the orchestra leader, if the conductor dropped Left. dead, I, exactly, would they, would they just keep go going? Like, <laughs> what do we do no now? Idea. What do we do? Because they've all got music. Yeah, yeah. There's a wonderful uh, <laughs> just totally YouTube forget. video. It's it's a it's a uh, it's kind of a rub against uh, the, the California state government workers or something like that. But there are these people. You can put anybody in that place, but they're going up this escalator, and the escalator stops. Oh, and I've the people seen start that. yelling, I've "Hello, seen that. hello!" Yeah. I've seen that. The elevator. Was someone come get us? The elevator. <laughs> can't. The escalator. I mean, escalator. It's escalator. It's funny. That is funny. So yeah, I wonder that if the if the conductor left, would the would the um, would the group keep playing? Yeah. Or would they not? And do they really need the conductor? Right. Sure, they do. Right. Obviously, he wouldn't have it. Yeah. Um, but or is he just question. a little hot pants, but you know, little boy-looking guy, hottie to stare at? Who knows? Yeah. And how do you really know he's how good? How do you really know yeah, he's okay. good? Right. I can go up there he and flail good, my arms, too, but, right? Yeah, yeah. Not nearly as hot as That's he is. That's right. Okay. Okay. We are doing a three-part <laughs> series to bring it back to serious. Um, we talk a lot about the inner game, about the thinking philosophy and the way to be as a salesperson. And you as our listeners, you know you're a big fan of that, and you also know that it's really, really important. What we probably haven't done a good enough job of is really uh, drilling down on those topics and telling you more about what we mean and also how to help yourself be more of the ways that we encourage you to be. And so we're going to go really, really deep both personally and um, at length on one topic at a time. And we're going to do what I'm referring to as the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. What a great line from a movie or a song. You know what song that's from? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know that, Bill? Uh, take they the took last the last train, train through the coast. The coast. Um, Paul Simon? The day the music died. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Don McLean. Don McLean. Yes. American did you hear Pop. what he said about, they say, uh, what did that song, what does that song really mean? Uh, Did I tell you that? Well, isn't it about the plane crash with uh, Big Bopper and uh, Richie Valens, right? Yeah, because people are are still, the conjecture is, what is all, what do all the phrases and verses yeah. in that song mean? And and so he was interviewed by an MS, NBC person a few years ago, and I saw a clip of it, and he said, what, tell me, what does that song really mean? Yeah. And he said, it means I'll never have to work a day in my life. It's, oh, yeah, it's true, it's <laughs> yeah. true, isn't it? He's made a lot of money. Because it's like it's billions, of dollars, <laughs> it billions of dollars That's what it means. That's what it means, and I agree. Uh, so the holy trinity of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Inner Game, are the concepts of abundance, detachment, and intent. And so we, in the next three podcasts, are going to go through each one of these one at a time. Today, we're only going to talk about abundance, and we're going to go deep. And what we're going to do for you is we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, our own philosophies of abundance and, with that, our own path, the things that Bill and I both uh, endorse and and believe in and, and work to improve and also things we struggle on, like we both do, even though we do this for a living. We're just like you on the path. Uh, we'll also make some observations about our clients, maybe people that we have seen or observed or that mm-hmm. we work with that we think have really taken this idea and made it their own. So that's really going to be what this is. Three-part series, abundance today, then we'll do detachment, then we'll do intent, a little bit of personal stories. So this is a really good thing to listen to over and over if you want to amp up your inner game 
around the selling process. Yeah, and we've said before that any sales problem you have or any lack of achievement issue all begins here. Yes. So it's uh, it's unfair of us not to devote some time to this occasionally, and so we've just decided to break it up into three and go really deep on this. Yeah. And then you tell us, you you let us know either through uh, an email at Listener at Advanced Selling Podcast or on the LinkedIn group. Let us know if you like this kind of thing where we go deeper on certain topics. The inner game is one of those things that you just can't gloss over. It has to be no. in a deeper conversation. I also think there's, you know, when I think about abundance, can I start here? Yeah, let's do it. I like it. When we think about abundance, you know, you've probably been with people before, either just casually or family or business, where there's a low grade, the best I can describe it is like a, a low grade scarcity that's, yeah. that's going on all the time. You know, whether it's, oh my gosh, you know, I got to get to Target before five. What, what am I going to do if I don't get to tar-? or uh, Target's? Uh, or targets, <laughs> Nordstrom's, <laughs> but, but, or, you know, what's, what's going to happen if, what if they lay off people? What if I'm laid off? And what yeah. if I'm not laid off? And there's that low grade edginess that I yeah. think is a function of scarcity. Yes. And it's, and to me, the way I would define it is something is going to cause me to not be okay. Correct. Whether it's, Correct. I'm not going to make it, I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to love it. What if I love it too much and I have to separate from I think it's that low-grade scarcity that I think you'd be surprised at how often that pops up. I know it does for me. Sometimes I'll be thinking about something, and you've seen me do it, where I get kind of anxious about something, and then I realize, wait a minute, so what? What if that does happen? What, yeah. Maybe that's the best thing. That's right. But I think we there's a low-grade edginess and scarcity that sometimes if we just pay attention to it, we see it there. And yes. that means that we're not thinking abundantly. Yeah, amen. And that, that I think, if you if you were talking to you now as a listener and saying, okay, what can you do? How can you frame this up? A couple of things, and our producer, Jenny, gave us a couple of thoughts here from her perspective I thought were really good. And the first thing is you, you can't go get this. We can write a script for how to ask questions. We can do that. We can write down a business plan that tells us how many calls to make. The abundance, because it's philosophical in nature, isn't something you can tact tactically or tactfully write down and say, do this exactly. And it works every time. Um, everyone's on their own path. You're on yours. I'm on mine. Your listener, you're on yours if you're listening to this. So um, you have to figure out what it is for you that works and what doesn't. And ex- it's a real, it's, a, it's like an ongoing exploration yes. of where things come from and what happens and that sort of thing. So as we tee up the content uh, around abundance, make sure that you're thinking that, that even though Bill's going to say, well, here's what happened to me in my story, and here's what worked for me. That's not going to work for Absolutely me, right? Absolutely not. And Absolutely so, not. but going through the process will help you discover more of it. And I think you're right; it never really, it never really ends. I was um, listening to, I think I may have mentioned a podcast the other day. Tim Ferriss had um, Whitney Cummings on, yeah, and she's a stand-up comic, and she's a very accomplished producer and actress. I mean, she has got it all going. She's yes. really talented, and she spends two hours a day working on herself. Wow. Uh, an hour, uh, 30 minutes twice a day in meditation, hmm. and then 30 minutes in reading and 30 minutes in journaling. I mean, it's literally two hours a day because wow. she knows that how I show up on yeah. stage matters. Absolutely. And she's had some issues where, you know, she's had people who reported to her who have left because of her, her challenges and leadership challenges. And she just decided that my life is too important not to spend and devote that kind of time. You think that's a lot of time, but. Huge. But she's a responsible for tens of millions of dollars of revenue and shows yeah. and creativity and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
Let's talk about a little bit about our own personal experience with this whole theory of abundance, mm-hmm. and I'll uh, I'll start a little bit okay. because I think I think everyone has to go back to the root of their beliefs, right? And for most of us, it starts as kids, right? So we were raised in households, and things occurred in our upbringing before we left the house and became adults um, that influenced us the most, and then those things then, then start to show themselves in your adult life, which continues to, yeah. continues to even pile on or, or change. Um, and so I can look at and look back and say. Um, I was raised in a really unique scenario where um, we did not have abundance. We were always outwardly talked about being um, broke and had lack and not enough, and not even just money. Just there just wasn't mm-hmm. like enough around for us. And so I was raised that way. At the same time, I was also raised to not care about that, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, how that then flipped forward is... Um, as an adult, then I kind of had this attitude of, well, money's just money. You can't take it with you. It really doesn't matter. That sort of thing, um, which caused me to be more reckless early on with my financials and, and went into a bunch of debt after starting a business and that sort of thing. And um, that then put lots of pressure on me to be desperate, realizing that that's really not a good way to be, mm-hmm. not a good way to show up because it does cause you to be more desperate than you need to be and also to cling on and hold on to things like you can. It was also raised and you also have my, my grandparents were both um, depression era people. Right. right? And I spent a lot of time with them because my parents were really young. So my grandparents babysat me and lots of not lots of inputs around not enough and lack Mm -hmm. and hard to find a job, hard to keep a job and uh, milk costs too much. And gas costs too much and all these things. And even today, when I hear people talk about gasoline prices, I always wonder, I say, so are you just not going to drive this week then? Like, you know, like, what's the point? And also you got, you know, a 15 gallon tank and there's a three cent difference. I'm like, oh my God, that's a dollar 50. Dear God, it's a dollar 50 this week. Or when you think about the the price of a gallon, even at $3 gets you 30 miles. That's a pretty good deal. $3 to get you 30 miles. A little bit better than those fellows on that Oregon trail, right? That all died of uh, hypothermia and everything else (laughs) in those horse drawn wagons. So I'd much rather take a car and a jet. What's it called? uh, Exactly. Oh, geez. uh, Cannibal. Scurvy. (laughs) What was the party called? Uh, Donner party. Oh, the Don- thank you. <laughs> the Donner party. The youngest party. guy in the room. Yeah, that calls pulls that up out. the Donner party. I like it. <laughs> the Donner yeah. party. Yeah. He was on the brain game. That's why he do that. <laughs> That's a local thing. Anyway, so um, that really influenced me. And I will say, and you were the first one to introduce me to this concept in the sales role. And we met in 1997. And I would argue, and self, I'm self-aware enough to know that I don't think this whole th- I didn't think I... Um, took the abundant mentality and philosophy and put it into my DNA for seven years Mm -hmm. until I was about 34 years old and I met you when I was 27. Um, It took that long for me to really buy into, and I say buy in, not like, okay, I'm in, like to really internalize it and say, I truly believe this now. It's a process. It is a huge, long process. It took a really long time. And some of it was deprogramming, right? Mm -hmm. So some of it was saying it's okay to have a lot and it's okay to... Um, uh, draw things in and attract, and it's okay to let things go. I, I, I struggle with that a little bit um, early on. Um, so it took seven years. So the people listening, I mean, you can, you're on a path. Mm-hmm. It, it can take a long time to get into that. Um, but the, the, and the first books you gave me were by our friend named Stuart Wild. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, that really mm-hmm. taught me about this. You knew he died, didn't you? No, he died. He died. Was yeah, he was he morphing? Oh, he had a heart attack. Okay. No, I didn't know that. But yeah, it, yeah just uh, it's not insider 
conversation there, but anything by Stuart Wilde, he's really good about what was the one uh, the trick to money is the having trick to some. money is and life wasn't meant to be a struggle yeah life is never meant to be a struggle and weight loss for the soul for the, or for the, for for the, the mind weight loss for, for the, the mind, mind. Yeah. weight loss for the mind little really tracks good I don't little, know if you can still get them but. tiny little like yeah. readable like leaflet type books that just they really help you gosh yeah I never really thought about yeah. that yeah. Um, and we talked about being bankrupt is not a spiritual condition it just means you can't add very well mm-hmm. which you know you put so much emotion around things like that so uh, but even on that path and getting exposed to people like Stuart Wilde and Wayne Dyer, who are people that I read and listen to, to help me with this topic, still took seven years, I think, before it kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know when I first came up uh, or started to read about abundance, but I think it always intrigued me because I always felt I always felt that low-grade sense of not enough, not going to be enough, not going to have enough, not going to be able to buy enough. Yeah. I grew up in a, you know, a modest, very modest household in a in an area that was fairly affluent. But I don't know that I really walked into school kind of like you. I, I don't know that I cared about it. Maybe yeah. that was a coping mechanism right. that I decided not to care because it wasn't caring wasn't helpful. <laughs> um, but I also uh, kind of realized when you when you get out of school and you start to see what's happening out there, you realize, well, wait a minute, this whole scarcity thing and the way I'm thinking just doesn't serve me well. And right. so I started to read on abundance. I think Think and Grow Rich was probably one of the first books. Uh, yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yes. And it's kind of a classic and. And self-help. It's a must-read. Yeah. For any business or salesperson, you have to read Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. It's written in the 20s and 30s, so the language is the that, language is that weird. era, but boy, yeah. is, is it phenomenal. You know, there's also YouTube video of Napoleon Hill. It's like uh, 10 hours yeah. of YouTube video yeah. that's all black and white, retro. I mean, uh, it, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Really he good. was probably 110 when he did it, but <laughs> <clears throat> still hanging on. Uh, but I think in sales, kind of to fast forward, I think that uh, people... Abundance is really, if you can grasp the attitude, it's really a tool that can help you. And, yeah. and I know we've talked a lot about it in our relationship over the years. And sometimes it's just a matter of talking about it. I mean, we were lucky because we had each other to talk about it with. Yeah. And But if you have somebody else that's a podcast listener in your organization, talk about the concept of abundance. Talk about how maybe your parents taught you the art of lack and the art yeah. of scarcity. Yeah. Uh, you talked about depression era parents. My dad was in the in depression and he never was abundant. He was always money yeah. doesn't grow on trees and you got to be careful and don't yeah. go into debt. And so, you know, you, you don't it's not like my dad ever sat me down one day and said, let me tell you about money. Right. It's evil and don't go into, but it's all that just, just the scripts that we write for ourselves yeah. based on that context. But I think in sales, abundance is just huge because it allows you to really be present. Yep. If I'm edgy and, and attached and scarce, I'm not going to be present with you when I'm talking to you. I'm going to be out somewhere else projecting what's going to happen. How, how much is he going to buy? Yep. Ooh, what is going to happen to my job if he doesn't buy enough? That's all scarcity talk. Yep. And abundance allows me to be super present with you, hang on every word you say, be curious, be interested, and and kind of preserve and kind of take myself out of it, which we'll talk about in subsequent episodes. But yeah. that's where it, it happened for me. That's good. Uh, the other thing that has come into more recent um, light for me or come to light for me more recently is that scarcity is a very illogical place to be. It, it doesn't make any sense. And the, the I tell people, if you want a tactical way to become more abundant, if you just drive around your town, so if you live in London or you live in Houston, Texas or Los Angeles, or if you live in Wichita, Kansas, 
If you just just take a day and drive around your city and look out the window and look at every commercial building you see, someone owns every commercial building you see. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a bank and it's in foreclosure, the bank owns it, right? And every one of those places has businesses where there are people interacting. And the businesses that sell to other businesses all could use something that you have, perhaps, if you're business-to-business salespeople. And that's just in your little city. And then when you start to look outside of your... Uh, little city and you move into your state and you look at the other cities in your state that you can talk to and then the whole state itself, um, it quickly becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Very, very yeah. quickly. And if if you're having trouble seeing that, that's a great, I think, um, alarm for you to step back and say, okay, something's in my way here because abundance is logical to me. Um, scarcity is illogical. And so if you're one of those people like, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm a facts guy. You can use facts to prove abundance really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great, and it's sometimes safer for people. They want more factual things and they want, well, philosophical or whatever, you know, that doesn't fit me. Or you don't yeah. understand because, you know, I've, well, I've got a bunch of kids and I've got, I need health insurance, right? Well, so do I. And, and, and so they want to mm-hmm. lean on logic. And I think there is immense amount of logic to prove out the idea that the markets that we're all in are, are massively abundant. But don't you think it's it's an accountability issue too that we if we are not accountable to anybody for anything it's we're probably not accountable to ourselves for how we think. Mm. And so what you're yeah, describing great. there is yeah. don't look at the outside look at the inside and yeah. say what am, what am I not thinking yes. or what am I thinking that's er- erroneous that is causing my current condition. Yes. But you you could say that I don't care if you're making a million dollars a year right. you can still say that you can yes. say well how do I get to 10 million right. or, or what's the next level? So how are you accountable personally for looking at how you're thinking, reading about abundance, yes. getting, getting that mindset, whether it takes you seven years or seven days or 70 years, are you on a path to that? Yes. And that's personal accountability. Absolutely. And I love the point that you bring up, which is the level doesn't matter. Sometimes people like to say, well, it's easy for you to say, cause you make a half million dollars a year. Yeah. And yeah. And then someone else makes 50 and someone else makes a million and everybody has that where they are part. And I'm telling you, there's absolutely, uh, excuse me, absolutely none. There's a very, very low correlation between the amount of money that you have and keep and make and your fulfillment happiness. Very lowly yeah. correlated. To, right? to a point, I think they say like to yeah. two hundred grand. I think you know what long. it's more about is who else is around you and what are they think, earning? Exactly. Yeah. Which is the compared, which goes which back co- to yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. To how you see yourself. Um, so I think I think that's a good a good thing to do. I love that you said it's personal. So I take personal inventory, yeah. and I'm asking myself. Our friend Terry Daniel says, "I wonder why. I wonder why that bothers me. I wonder why I feel inferior to that person. I wonder why I can't get past this level of a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand or whatever the number is. Um, and what am I not seeing? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm asking myself all these questions. So what should people take away today? What uh, you know? You've talked about a lot of things. Is there any, yep. is there any kind of action that pops into your mind where you say this, this is something that a person listening can actually go do or start to do. Yeah. If I were you, I would sell all my shit and move out into the forest. Right. And That's good. That's yeah. good. Right. It's kind of interesting though, to think about that. That's true. Move of the Walden mindset, Pond. Right. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. With the Dolans. Who Who'd you Who say? That's Marty. Walden Pond. Moved to, I got it. Uh, yeah. All right. He's two for two. Wow. Our 18 year old intern who's Yale bound. He's Yale. Of course. Well, of course it. he knows Duh. all this stuff. You can't get into Yale if you don't know Thoreau. You can, that what you I know. Would you have known Thoreau at eighteen? No, you would have known I don't how know to throw. Thoreau at forty-five. At football. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what would I do from today's episode? So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a personal inventory of where I am with this subject. I'm going to get real real with myself. When I say real real, can you tell your story like Bill and I told mine? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And even though in the spirit of the podcast, if we were live, we'd probably tell it even maybe a little deeper, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, which we've done uh, personally. Can you go and tell your story and really say, here's why I think, can you say it took me seven years and I remember some of the conversations and can you tell me the authors that you read? So mm-hmm. take that in and see where you are. Right. And if you can't tell that story, then start to work on and craft that story. That's one thing I would do. Second thing I would do is I would find some mechanical way to prove abundance out to yourself. So by mechanically, I mean, I can drive around our city. We have a loop that goes around it. It's interstate 465. I can get on that interstate. It's 47 miles around. And when I need a fix for abundance, I can look out the left side of the window and see all the businesses and go, good God, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to any of these people yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Which, they're, ever, they're everywhere. Right. So that's a very tactical thing that I can do. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I would say is I would get an accountability person. I think that's a great idea that you came up with, which I can do it. Uh, my sales team, if I'm a sales manager, mm-hmm. sales manager can do that with their sales team. And if I'm a salesperson, I can do it with either a buddy or a, another mm-hmm. sales peer. Well, I've only got one thing to add to that. Uh, and that is, I think abundance is a muscle. And mm. the more you can work it out and what you've just describing is a workout. Really good. It's, it's yep. mentoring and Ooh. coaching and peer. It's a muscle and it will grow as you work it and flex it and tax it. Yes. And, and then and then release it. And so when you catch yourself feeling scarcity, you just have to flex the abundance muscle and yes. say, yeah, well, I see what happened there. Yep. I went down this. We talked about the cow path here a couple weeks ago. I went down that path, and that's not a, a relevant and useful path for no, me. No, not at all. So let us know what you think about this topic. Uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll get into two other topics over the next couple episodes, detachment and then intent. Yep. But it's, uh, as Brian said, the holy trinity of the inner game. And to let us know, you can either send us a note at listener at advanced selling podcast, or you can go on to the LinkedIn group and uh, give, give us some comments and some insight. I think, uh, cause we want to hear what you think of this topic and mm-hmm. whether we've presented it properly or not. So we'll call it a day. Yeah, that was good. All right. I like well, that, that does it for today. If you haven't downloaded a free copy of our ultimate pregame audio program, what do you think about that, Brian? I'd buy it right away. <laughs> okay. You should do it right now. Just go to advancedsellingpodcast.com to find it. Check out the products page. And we've got other uh, pictures and assorted items on that uh, site. So make sure you go there. Take a couple minutes to leave us a review on iTunes. And also, as we said earlier, join the conversation in our LinkedIn group, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. And I will see you next Monday. See you then. Bye.